We are soul sisters and former college basketball players. Walk alongside us as we take you through this journey of sisterhood. Join me, Jenna Urban, mom of three and youth basketball coach. And me, Tara Machaco, dog mom of two and college basketball coach. As we share our passion for sports through this weekly podcast. We're not perfect, but nobody is. Okay, welcome to podcast number 11. We have a very special in-studio guest with us, um, Lindsay Howard, who is a CSCS, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and also a, an exercise science professor at Marywood. But Lindsay also played Division II basketball at Shippensburg University, so she's going to join us today to talk a little bit about when kids should start exercise programs, nutrition for youth sports. Right, like How much should they be working out, and what's the healthy balance? So thank you for joining us, Lindsay. Thank you guys for having me. This is very exciting. In studio. Lindsay, just give us a little bit of a background of, um, I, I know we could talk about your strength and conditioning and your CSCS, and, but tell us a little bit th about the nutrition part of it. Yeah, so I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science, but was really fascinated with nutrition. So I pursued a master's degree in sports nutrition, um, but I also completed the undergraduate nutrition program uh, so that I have a bachelor's degree in nutrition as well. Well that is awesome. I am so excited to have you here to share your knowledge with us. We have so many questions. Let's start with exercise. So uh, what is the right aid that kids really should be concentrating on exercising to get better at sports? Well you're talking more sports specific type stuff but movement just at a young age I think has diminished in the last couple of years for sure just with the increase in technology and YouTube and social media you don't see as many kids just running around outside and that's where really the youth learns how to move properly how to move their bodies how to develop develop all those agility skills and skills for sport. You don't pass a park anymore and see people playing soccer or playing basketball. Right. Um, or even climbing on like a jungle gym. Mm -hmm. um, if you took kids these days versus when we were kids, I bet you there's kids that can't go across, you know, the monkey bars right. anymore. Oh God, um, those monkey bars were dangerous. They were. They still are. And, and that's because there's moms like me sitting there like, don't get too close. Don't yeah. fall off. Like, I want to put a mat underneath. But um, do you think that the decline in physical education programs, that they're kind of cutting those programs, also has to do Oh, with? absolutely. So, like, the, the recommendation from the American College of Sports Medicine, which puts out the physical activity recommendations, is 60 minutes a day for kids. I think it's 6 to 17, so before you're actually an adult. Prior to that, it's even more so from three to three to five they should pretty much be running around all day right um but i was actually just talking to my sister about this who's been teaching elementary school for 10 years and she said they get 30 to 40 minutes a week of gym mm -hmm. and 10 to 20 minutes a day of recess right so, which i think is absurd right so <laughs> where are they fitting in the 60 minutes then? right Right, exactly. Like, what time do you get your kids? Uh, they get up at 6.30. Right. And right. then by the time you get home, it's probably... 3 o'clock and we're running right. to after-school activities. Yeah. But you think, you know, maybe if you didn't have an after-school activity, you're going to eat dinner, mm -hmm. maybe 5, 6 o'clock. There's homework involved, you know, stuff like that. So that's really your, your time to get kids active is right after school. Right. Like maybe parents could suggest to their kids, when you get home from school, you can't come inside for, I don't know, 30 minutes. Right. Something like that. And that's easy There's, to yeah. do when it's nice out, like in, right. the, in the spring and the fall. 
fall, mm-hmm. but then in the winter it's kind of hard to do because yes. nobody is working out yes. outside. No. Nobody wants to <laughs> no. be outside. Yes, especially in northeastern Pennsylvania where <laughs> we get a ton of snow. Right. Um, but, you know, there's things that you could do inside too. Like even if your kids are playing hide and seek, you're still running around the house. So we, you recommend it 60 minutes a day for activity of kids. But right. how about um, for athletic training? Like, Well, like training. Lucas, for example, started really focusing in on speed and agility stuff this past spring, right? Right. So he was... 12 years years old old as he started like what age would you say you start on speed and agility and then also talk about like the strength training part of it okay yeah so I think that age is perfectly fine for speed and agility the issue becomes if you're going to the right people so if you're going to people who usually train adults Mm -hmm. or college students people who are developed um, they're not adolescent that is far different from training the youth especially like I mentioned before they're not kids these days are not developing those motor skills and just Mm -hmm. control of their body because they're not running around outside as much. They're not climbing on stuff. They're not, you know, throwing a baseball back and forth. So a lot of the neuromuscular patterns, so like control, pretty much neural control of your body isn't developed. So that's where the issues arise with people saying, oh, you're going to damage your growth plates or you're going to stunt your growth if you lift a weight. That's not the case at all if you're going to somebody who's treated appropriately and knows what they're doing. So I would say, I mean, 12, 13 years old, as long as it's still fun and it doesn't become too serious, I think it's completely fine. Um, And weight training, though, before that, you think would be damaging? I would say before that. I don't think it's damaging if you're doing it the right way. Right. And people say weight training, but weight training or resistance training, you could use your body weight. Mm -hmm. That's just squatting your body weight. So many kids right now couldn't do a squat appropriately. Well, again, that goes back to kind of your point, because I could think back to phys ed classes when we would have the physical fitness test and Mm -hmm. they taught you how to do Mm -hmm. push-ups, sit-ups. So they taught you some of those skills. That's interesting. So even like younger kids, if they're worried about getting in shape for a sport, something Mm -hmm. like doing push-ups and sit-ups and just the body resistance, wall sits and stuff like that would be more recommended for six, seven, eight-year-olds maybe before getting into lightweights? Yeah, I would say so. At that age, I don't don't think actual resistance training like in a gym would be appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, At that age, they should just be outside jump roping for fun. Or um, (laughs) I remember, did you guys have uh, skip-its? Oh, yeah, you put on one foot. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's teaching you how to Mm -hmm. land appropriately and things like that. And what that's doing, that impact, just running around, jumping, the impact is developing your joints, developing your bones, so you're less likely to have fractures, strengthening your joints, so you're less likely to to roll an ankle. How about for some of the moms that that might be listening, is there anything that they could also purchase aside from those things? Like, how about, like, an agility ladder? Is that something okay that for under 12 to be using? Yeah, absolutely. Those are cheap. But right. agility ladder is pretty much glorified hopscotch. Yeah. So right. true. if you teach mm-hmm. your kids hopscotch, you're mm-hmm. doing an agility ladder. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're jumping on one foot, you're jumping on two feet, mm-hmm. and that's what you do. You're moving side to side. Um, so you're still developing the same skills, mm-hmm. but you're playing right. a game. Well, I think that so. like the pressure on parents, they think mm-hmm. they have to go out and right. like, buy all this equipment rather than thinking like, mm-hmm. I never thought of that as hopscotch. Yeah. Right. And then like, you know, as you're saying it and thinking of other things that you could kind of just mm-hmm. pick like, up and do. Take a piece of chalk and draw it on the, on the, yes, exactly. on the sidewalk instead of spending $25 yeah. on a ladder. I remember right. my yeah. summer going into my freshman year of high school when I was trying out for soccer. It was like the first big tryout of my life. So it wasn't just, I'll oh, sign up for this sport, sign up for this sport. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time where it was like, if you don't show up, you're going to get cut. So, I mean, I was only, that summer I was 13 turning 14. So mm-hmm. that's still pretty young. Right. Um, so I wasn't in a gym doing anything. I would just go out, out my parents' door, go for a two or three mile run, kick a soccer ball around. I used to kick it out the brick wall on the side of my house. Mm-hmm. I would do that with chalk. Mm-hmm. I would put 
chalk on my sidewalk and just kind of do little drills and stuff, but nothing too crazy at that age just to keep moving. How about when, when they get into the high school age? Um, again, you talked about working with the right coach in terms of strength training, but is there stuff that maybe they could be doing on their own aside from body weight stuff? Is there anything that you, you would say to parents that maybe you could purchase things or you could do things that aside from body weight stuff yeah, so, to get them ready for sports specific things. Cause we've talked a lot about kid trying to give the kids like a little bit of an edge if they are going through a tryout. Right. So once you're in high school, I think it's completely appropriate to start actually doing weightlifting, mm-hmm. real weightlifting. I'm not sure if they still have it in high school, but when I was in high school, we had to take like a weightlifting class I don't, instead I don't, of gym. I don't know how many schools still do they? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they do, but I know for like a lot of the sports, they offer the weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, open weightlifting right. times right. and stuff like that. But, but again, back to your point, how many of them are, how many of the people that are teaching those or coaching those are right. actually certified to, to do right. that right. for those But ages I mean, how or... many, but even going, like there's some schools that don't offer it to girls. Mm-hmm. And oh, even true. if they do offer mm-hmm. it to girls, how intimidating it would be oh, for yeah. a high school girl to go into the weight room that's full <laughs> with a, a Listen, football we hear, player. We hear, we hear from college, college females that are intimidated to go into our fitness center because if the football mm-hmm. team's in there, they don't want to be in there, even some of our own players. Right. And what what should you be intimidated of? You're, you're a college athlete. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be afraid right. of that. Right. But yeah. I think they're intimidated because they were never properly trained yeah. how mm-hmm. to use the equipment. So that is, like, probably the most important thing mm-hmm. for whenever you're going to start a new weightlifting or a new any type Absolutely. of new program mm-hmm. because you can't just go and do it to say, I lifted weights mm-hmm. today because mm-hmm. you're going to get hurt. Yep. So you want to make yep. sure that you're going and learning how to properly lift weights mm-hmm. and also what's going to be more beneficial. Like if you are trying to get, you know, stronger in one area, you should focus on that. And mm-hmm. should you be doing right. less weight and more rep? I mean, I don't know right. really yeah. how that and, works. And again, is it a sport specific exercises that they should be doing at that age? Like if we're talking about reps. Mm-hmm. Or are you talking about certain um, exercises that you should be doing? Right. I know it gets more specific as you get into the higher levels, but at the high school level, should they be focusing in on that and the programs that are developed for them? Right. So a lot of um, strength coaches have varying opinions on this. So if you talk to a high school strength and conditioning coaches, so a lot of bigger high schools have, you know, they have mm. a strength and conditioning coach. They can work with all the sports teams. They would definitely say each, each program is going to have a different type of, you know, lifting layout based on the movement patterns of that sport. But, so I've worked with high school athletes at some, you know, local high schools, and I would say if you're doing the basic lifts, you're doing a squat, maybe mm-hmm. you're doing a deadlift, maybe, because mm-hmm. a lot of kids that age can't appropriately mm-hmm. do, you know, with correct form and things like that, you know, lunges, bench press, some lat pull down, so big major muscle groups, that's fine for pretty much all athletes. Right. So the, you know, more specific type movements, they're doing those movements in their sport. So the best way to get better at your sport is to practice your sport mm-hmm. itself. And if you're developing strength in those major areas, that's going to help you. But I will say high school, especially not to call out the boys, but high school is probably, well, high school and college, but more so high school just because the maturity level is not there. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed high school football teams lifting. And all they want to do is throw a bunch of weights on the bar, mm-hmm. impress their friends, mm-hmm. see how much weight they can lift, and then mm-hmm. they hurt their back. Right. Or they hurt their knees. Mm-hmm. And they end up doing something, doing damage to their body that otherwise they wouldn't would have had. And that could stay with you for a number of years right. after. And um, on the flip side, can you debunk <laughs> this myth that for the females, they're not going to get big and bulky by doing that? Oh, absolutely just, not. <laughs> like, talk about the benefits for the, the females. Right. Yeah, so females especially lower body strength is huge so we know the incidence rate of you know acl injuries and things like that 
in females it's much higher mm -hmm. especially when you're developing as a female from adolescence to adulthood mm -hmm. you know your hips are getting bigger you could see changes but that's why females tear their acl more i won't get too specific but it's called a q angle so it has to do with the angle of how wide your hips are um, down into your knees so if you took a male and they stood with their feet together and their knees together there would be no angle from their knees out to their hips whereas females do have that angle so it's like their knees are naturally more knock-kneed, mm -hmm. so together more. That puts more stress on the ligaments there. So definitely focusing a little bit more on developing that lower body strength. And no, you're absolutely not going to turn into a bodybuilder. Right. And, I, and I, you're definitely not going to turn no. in overnight. Like, I right. love when I hear people say that. And I'm like, you've never lifted. Do you really, you're really afraid of lifting mm -hmm. for a, a yeah. month. But think and of you're how, be a think look of like how a many, and I'm sure you see it in, in the high school level and we see it in the college level, people will say, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to get big and my arms right. are going to mm -hmm. get big or my legs are going to get big. And they don't realize the benefits to Amazing. not only, not only helping them with their sport, but also their metabolism. Right. Oh, absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Just for the general population. Well, like, is, is there something that you advice you could give to moms out there about how, like, what, are there any exercises specific that you could talk about over the air that maybe we could put up a clip for in terms of helping preventative with the ACLs? Yeah. So I wouldn't, I mean, I know you said preventative. Yeah. I wouldn't say prevent. But that's to, just the okay, disclaimer. That's, that's right. why but, I'm not a, a strength yeah. coach. <laughs> but, because it's impossible to prevent. A lot of injuries are due to genetic reasons. So mm -hmm. your body is your body. You were born how mm -hmm. you were born. But you could definitely reduce the chance mm -hmm. of doing that. Um, and I think it all stems from the youth now not getting out and being as active as they were because you were developing those appropriate movement patterns mm -hmm. like I mentioned before whereas now you get you know a 14 year old girl in high school and she can't squat her own body weight mm -hmm. right um, just because they're not as active as as they used to be but absolutely so just body weight squats doing some different um, you know hip bridges and things like that but you know what though too what what I started <laughs> to think about was male coaches or female coaches so we'll just say I was thinking about coaches in general <laughs> that coach female athletes might not know like what you were saying about mm -hmm. like how a female body mm -hmm. is different. So like they might be doing conditioning programs that right. they did as an athlete and not even thinking like maybe I should adjust this because I have, I'm coaching females now. Right. Same thing comes back to a, a poorly put together strength program that you might see an athlete put together for themselves. Or somebody who doesn't really have a background but is just filling that role mm -hmm. out of school mm -hmm. um, you know there's an appropriate balance between quad and hamstring strength and things like that um, posture is huge so especially I talked about the technology thing earlier people right. are sitting at a computer sitting hunched over looking down at their phone nobody holds their phone up in the sky and you know extends their back and looks at it uh, so even posture can play play a role in lower body injuries mm -hmm. because if you're constantly bent over like that it affects your spine, goes right. down in your hips, mm -hmm. you know, the knee bones connected to the hip bone. Right. And even yeah. the posture sitting in a classroom all day. Right. Because mm -hmm. like right. not stretching properly. Yep. And I think that I like I know my kids are terrible at stretching. Mm -hmm. Like they don't think they need no. to stretch. Yes. And I think I was kind of like that too. But you know, and after going through like yoga and stuff. Right. Like mm -hmm. I now I know how important it is to stretch. Yep. But mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of athletes just go out and play mm -hmm. and they don't do any pre stretching or after workout stretching. Right. Right. So that's also important, right? Oh, yeah. That's another huge thing. You still see, you know, you go to a Saturday soccer game and you see the team sitting in a circle stretching before a game. No, absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> you don't have to do that at all. What you should be doing is mimicking the patterns of the sport. So you're oh, skipping, okay. you're jogging, you're doing more of a dynamic type warm up. Um, 
when you want to do that static stretching was is when you're sitting and holding the stretch for a long period of time right is afterwards oh um, interesting even the night after the, the next morning after mm. right things like that just to get blood flow and loosen things up but i did not know that we do mm-hmm. occasionally like a, if we have like a, a couple games in a row or we have like a couple hard practices Lindsay takes our team at the end of practice for like 15 minutes and does a yoga session with them mm-hmm. oh, nice. to make sure that they're stretched out. And I never thought of that either. I, but but again, we're at we're at a different age right now where we feel like we're like oh we have to stretch. We right. started realizing <laughs> it in our 30s hurt. and 40s or you hurt. Right. <laughs> no. right. Okay. So even adolescents can get away with it because <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. So the strength obviously is important for kids, but uh, let's talk about nutrition because I know like with the lack of physical um, movement and stuff like that that you mentioned in adolescence I know that you know diets Mm -hmm. are really Mm -hmm. terrible because we're living in this fast food nation everything's so convenient for us so we kind of take that convenience over quality. It really is an epidemic and we've known that for a number of years Um, there is an obesity epidemic and it's sadly creeping into the youth. It's not just adults anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just this whole culture thing whereas in the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, activity at school has drastically decreased. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know exactly the reason for that, not being involved in elementary school, but right. just talking with my sister, I was kind of getting fired up. I'm like, right. they only get 10 minutes of recess. Right. And she said they kind of decided as a group we're going to add another session of recess, even if it was in the classroom, just right. doing well, something around the Well, I think that you could. Classroom. I think you could kind of like skip yeah. them just standing up. Or and do a standing activity. Moving around the room. Right. Um, but nutrition-wise, hopefully things have changed a little bit because I know, you know, parents of the kids now are more in tune to their nutrition, some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's become a big focus in our society, for sure. Right. Nutrition. Now we have Instagram, Facebook, where you're mm-hmm. seeing people putting up recipes and diets and all that stuff. So hopefully parents are paying more attention to nutrition of their kids. But I remember mm-hmm. even my younger brother and sister, who are five and a half years younger than me, they would play a 40-minute soccer game. And 20 minutes, they would have their halftime. So everybody would get an orange slice mm-hmm. and a Capri Sun. That's like, I don't know, 30 grams of sugar. Right. <laughs> That's insane. But again, but again, and not enough people are educated yes. to know. And you think, oh, oranges yes. are good for you. Yep. And a Capri Sun, go, oh, it's got juice in right. it. You know, right. Or you go to a youth basketball game and you see a 10-year-old carrying around a 24-ounce Gatorade, Mm -hmm. which has 40 plus grams of sugar in Mm -hmm. a normal Gatorade, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. And I know Gatorade and other sports drink products have have taken sugar out, but that's an insane amount, not only calories, but added sugar that kids do not need. Right. Kids are active, but... Not that active. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as we know. What would your suggestions be, let's say, to a mom that's taking a kid to a soccer tournament? Like, what do you pack? What's your day like? Right. Yeah, so I would say, I mean, first and foremost, kids... And adults should eat when they're hungry. So if you're feeling hungry, that means your body needs nutrients. Mm-hmm. So you should eat. Right. So uh, that's is the it most true? Basic. Let's go back to the beat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it true that breakfast is the yeah. most important meal of the day? That's that's tough. I don't think you should ever skip breakfast. I think all meals are important, but you absolutely should have a balanced breakfast. You know, it wakes your brain up. You get a little bit of glucose in there, which is your brain's fuel, um, and sets you off for the day. So if you take a kid who has to sit in school for seven hours, yeah. eight hours, eight hours. <laughs> yeah. and focus for that long. We don't even ask college students to sit mm. and focus for that long. They get a 50-minute class right. and then a four-hour break. Um, 
which most of the time, as we've learned, is filled with naps. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's another podcast. Right. <laughs> yes. But no, if you're skipping breakfast, you have nothing fueling your brain for the day. So how can you expect a kid to sit in school and focus? Right. Um, so it is so very you, important. Yeah, yeah. So you definitely, should have, you definitely have, well, should have breakfast. And not even yeah. just to go to school, but if you're talking about a, a kid that's active and is going to, to play in different games or going to be – has a, a theater performance they have to go do or a music recital or something like mm-hmm. that, so that's important that they need to be – Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I would say it's, it's hard, especially with snacks, but for meals, you should have pretty much something from each of the macronutrients, so a carbohydrate, a protein, and a fat. So an example for breakfast, and I know it's hard, but say you don't have time to make like eggs and bacon and French toast and all that stuff. You could easily get protein, carbohydrate, and fat. If you sent your kid out the door with, I don't know, a string cheese and a granola bar or two, Mm -hmm. that's it. Carbohydrates, protein, and fat. A couple hundred calories. Mm -hmm. That's if you're in a pinch. Milk to drink milk? Yeah. Over orange juice. Milk Milk over juice. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Because of the sugar. Juice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People don't Apple realize how much juice. sugar is in those products. Right. But. Okay. So they go out. They go out the door with breakfast. <clears throat> now lunchtime. What do you pack for lunches? Especially if we're going back to school. So I mean, you can't go wrong with a sandwich. If kid doesn't like lunch meat, they probably like peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Right. Does the bread matter? <laughs> Seriously. This is like twenty-one. I'm sorry. I know. Well, I'm trying to get my free <laughs> yes, nutrition course. Yeah. Um, I would say. I mean. Your kid needs to eat the appropriate amount of calories, and they need to finish their sandwich, like, and be, you know, full, satisfied, all that stuff. So, I would say, if your kid won't eat wheat bread, just give him the white bread. Okay. It's just, I mean, bread is bread. It pretty right. much turns to the same thing once it's in your body. Good to It know. gets metabolized the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference in some of those higher fiber breads is you're getting more fiber. A lot of them are, you know, packed more with nutrients they have different um you know a little bit more fiber a little bit more protein but what it comes down to is if your kid's going to eat it right give it to them if you have to cut it into triangles or circles or mm-hmm. whatever do it okay. <laughs> do whatever yes. works all right so you but, have a sandwich and yeah. then how many so snacks are appropriate i would absolutely include a fruit like a, even an apple an orange you know strawberry something like that definitely a fruit you're getting a bunch of vitamins through that fruit i remember my mom would always pack me Celery and peanut butter, mm-hmm. which celery is not the most nutrition nutritious thing, but right. it's better than crackers with right. peanut butter. And everybody but, loves peanut butter. Right. But I would say, I mean, for snacks, it's hard because, you know, I would imagine kids want like a sweet snack and a salty snack, mm-hmm. but maybe have them pick one. So maybe they're getting fruit snacks or something like that. Right. Or pretzels. It's, I mean, with kids, it's hard. Right. You know, it's hard for them to... To know when to they're almost, full, too. Right. Like, because yes. they, they, they see that. They see, they see their lens yeah. with their eyes. Or, or they, they see, see their, they see their friends eating something right. and they're like, I want, I want those right. I want more right. or like, that. it's not mm-hmm. enough. Right. But it's funny because even like thinking back to when my kids were babies, and I made sure that all the baby food, you know, I had yeah. every day that I made sure that they had like two servings of fruit and two servings of vegetables. Mm, yeah. and, like I was always on it. And now I'm like, was that with all as, three or was that just the first one? No, really with all three <laughs> because I would be thinking like, yeah. oh, I have to give them, you know, with the baby food, mm-hmm. like oh, I have to give a fruit and vegetable for this meal and fruit and vegetable for this meal. So I mm-hmm. always made sure I did. And then as they got older, it was kind of like, you right. know, when they don't want the fruit for lunch. Mm-hmm. Or, right. Yeah. I would say definitely pay attention to. You know, when your kid comes home, look in their lunchbox, right. see what they touch, see what they, if they didn't touch stuff, and kind of see that trend. So if you're mm-hmm. giving your child an orange for 
the first three days of the week, and every day that orange is still yeah. in there, give him an apple. Right. <laughs> Ask him why they're not eating it. Yeah. Switch Maybe it it's too hard to open for them. Right. Well, you also um, mentioned, too, about the, the sports drinks. Like, if you're sending a kid out that, that is going to need some electrolytes, right. is water the best thing, then, if you're saying, or or should they go with a lower sugar type of... Yeah. So, I know they've made... So, I mentioned Capri Suns before. I know they've made Capri Suns that are more water-based now, and mm-hmm. if not as much juice. Right. Um, I don't know offhand exactly the nutrition facts for that, but I would say, you know, I don't have children, but if right. I did, I'd probably make a deal with my kids mm-hmm. and say, here's maybe water for the first four days of the week and then yeah. Friday you get mm-hmm. drink of choice right um, but that's just for lunch but during a sporting right. activity you yeah. would suggest water yeah oh yeah water, water, over water over anything, anything. Um, yeah but if say you have an all day soccer tournament mm-hmm. or something like that then maybe a sports drink is appropriate mm-hmm. so I mean inside your body if you're not exercising for more than literally 60 minutes the whole 60 minutes mm-hmm. running around continuously you still have glycogen which is your fuel in your body you still have it in your body. Most people can go, I mean, even beyond that, 90 minutes. So I mentioned before, mm-hmm. if you're doing a 20-minute soccer soccer half, mm-hmm. drinking Gatorade and eating oranges, you don't need it. Right. You don't need it. No, it's okay. not necessary. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you do have, and kids play multiple sports. Mm-hmm. So if you have, say you have two basketball games in the morning, then you have a soccer game, and then you have football practice mm-hmm. or right. something. Have that then, orange. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's or they even it. make the smaller size Gatorades mm-hmm. that are like... Yeah. I don't know, maybe eight or twelve ounces. Right. That's a little bit more appropriate for a kid. Okay. But good. Mm-hmm. Now after school snack. Like a string cheese. This is all free right? advice. Yeah. This is all free cheese. advice. Yeah. 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 String cheese. No, string cheese is very good. Okay. Um because my kids come home from school and they are like starving. Right. Like and that's the other thing. A lot of I remember in high school I had a lunch that was at like ten thirty in mm-hmm. the morning. So yeah. I would come home and almost eat a full meal after school and then eat dinner after that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um but no, string cheese is good. Okay. Again, peanut butter and celery or something right. like yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. Even a piece of fruit or if you have like a bowl of fruit cut up, you mm-hmm. know, people are more apt to eat fruit mm-hmm. if it's, it's right. there, it's cut up, it's accessible. I would say probably any sort of kind of like granola bar, but mm-hmm. those are also some, the cheaper ones usually are super high in sugar okay. as well. So you're looking um, for high, like higher in fiber type right. granola bar? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you look at, I mean, this goes for bread, like we mentioned before, bread, granola bars, any bread products, bagels, Mm -hmm. English muffins, anything like that. If you look at the grams of carbohydrate on the back in comparison to the fiber grams, if you find something like seven, eight, nine, even higher than that in fiber, that's a good, that's a good option. Okay. Yeah. That's good to look Um, for. Even if your kid likes um, any sort of lunch meat, you could get high fiber wraps, just cut them in half, put a couple pieces of lunch meat, slice of cheese, roll it up. We try to do the low sodium yeah. lunch meat. Yeah, to that's try. also good. Good. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ahead of the game. So you're on top of it. <laughs> How about dinner time? Now we're on to dinner. So I would say, especially for kids, because it's hard to include a vegetable in lunch. So right. if you think about a lunch, it's not like they could have hot foods in their lunch. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you eat a vegetable hot, except if it's a salad. Right. And what fourth grader is going to open a salad? And it's, oh, look With, at my salad. Without ranch poured all over <laughs> right. the top of it. Right. <laughs> right. But I would say dinner is your time to get your vegetables in. Okay. So, again, kids don't like to eat their vegetables, but there's different ways that you can mix it up. So you could do like a stir fry, something that's all together, so mm-hmm. the vegetables are mixed in. So it's not this mound of broccoli and your meat right. and your potato or whatever. Right. So kind of making the meal. Um, right. Um, yeah. Kind of inclusive. So so <laughs> no, that's, so the dinner yeah. time the veg yeah. the vegetable would be the most important thing to add in. 
right. aside from right. Okay. And portion yep. control, I'm sure, is really like the main focus. Okay. So right. now that we got our nutritional lesson for free, <laughs> um, what else are you seeing from your profession? Like you've kind of you've kind seeing? of been through. Um, you, I mean, I don't think you've went to elementary, but you've you've had a high school, right? Some mm-hmm. probably seventh and eighth grade and up. So like yep. 13 years old and up. So like, what have you seen through that whole span of 13 year olds up? Th- through college students and even adults right. that you, you work with? Yeah, so, I mean, starting from the youngest, I have had a couple elementary school students that have come to me at the gym and their parents are like, they need to get faster, they need to jump higher, they need to eat quicker, all the stuff. And get an athletic so, scholarship. Right, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a free ride. That's what you're actually telling me. Right. <laughs> so I bring them in and I do some kind of assessments to begin and I'll say, okay, just squat down for me. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, the kids can't do it. So you start with those basic, basic movement patterns that mm. I talked about before. Fast forward to middle school, high school, it's the same thing. It's like kids forget, forgot, or mm. didn't learn, or didn't develop, or stop developing mm-hmm. how to just move their body. Right. So you're seeing kind of awkward kids that you know aren't appropriately squatting down. So they might be up on their toes. Um, you know, if you look at the, if you look at a toddler, say you take a two year old, or even like a one and a half year old that just mm-hmm. learned to walk, when they pick something up they do a perfect squat. Right. It's perfect. Always. So you're born knowing mm. how to squat. Right. <laughs> At some point, you lost the control of your body, lost the muscle development to do that type of movement. But I have seen a lot of elementary school, middle school, high school kids that are overweight. And we talked about nutrition. Mm. And I don't think, I mean, it's a very fine line, especially for parents, to have a conversation with their kid about weight management right because you don't want right you don't want to put that pressure on them but you also like want to keep promoting the health benefits right you know living a healthy lifestyle and i think that with the instant gratification that the kids these kids are used to you know and they are not seeing the results Mm -hmm. happen quick enough there's they get discouraged and they just quit so even with any type of weight program i'm sure you've seen it too Mm -hmm. you know kids getting frustrated Mm -hmm. that they're not seeing results quick enough like they want to be you know, they want to have these muscles last week. Like, you know, and it just doesn't happen overnight. So I would feel like, you know, like even when we talked to Paige Mm -hmm. in episode nine about mental training, like Mm -hmm. really when you are trying to get physically healthy and doing strength training, it requires a lot of mental training Mm -hmm. because you need to talk yourself out of it, like out of that discouragement and kind of keep yourself, your spirits high. But I mean, in in any, I mean, we could say at our age too. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I know, I think they say it takes like 21 days to keep a habit, habit. Mm -hmm. form a habit. And um, I don't think that kids realize that as much no. as, I mean, we see it now with the 21 day fix, everything's 21 right. days, 21, 21 days, days. Yeah. but I don't think to tell a kid, like you have to wait 21 no. days. Mm-hmm. They like, want to know. They're it's, like, no. Yeah. You said it, instant so, gratification. Yeah. My advice instant for, results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, my advice for parents who maybe start to notice that type of trend with their kid, even in high school, I would, I would recommend trying to not be like sneaky around your kids, but be more subtle. And not say, oh, sit my fifth grader down and say, you're overweight. You need mm-hmm. to lose weight. We're going to start eating more vegetables. Um, is just trying to develop more healthy habits. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the parents. Your kids look up to their parents. Right. They mimic their behaviors. Right. So if you, as parents, you're eating really, really terrible. You're ordering pizza every other night. Buying you know, the snacks, right? right? Having the snacks yeah, in the house. Yeah, putting it in the house or leaving the pile of vegetables on your plate and not mm-hmm. finishing them. Mm-hmm. Your kid is going to repeat that ba- behavior. But even so in terms say, of exercise, they can help right. with that too. Right. Like, yeah, being you want to go for a walk or do you want, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, and we talked about 
weather before too, but there's plenty of stuff you could do. Push-ups, sit-ups. Yeah, exactly. You don't really need to mm-hmm. go outside yeah. for that. Yeah, go So sweating. just getting your heart rate up. Because yeah. even like those those 15-minute workouts that you could do and like with those quick right. 30 seconds, just getting your heart rate right. up. So it's not something that you don't mm-hmm. have to really, no. you know, work out for 60 right. minutes a day in the sense of mm-hmm. can you get it done in 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes if right. you are getting your heart rate up. Yeah, so for kids, I mean, the, the guidelines is still – the guidelines are still 60 minutes okay. and it just says moderate activity right but for adults it's 150 i hope i'm correct 150 minutes a week which is not much at right. all of moderate but that number decreases if you up the intensity of your exercise okay. so if you're doing vigorous intensity exercise mm-hmm. you could lower that number but no there are plenty of things plenty of activities that you could do with your kids i know a lot of teachers and again talking to my sister a lot of teachers have started doing with their kids, you guys have probably seen those squat challenges or mm-hmm. the plank challenges mm-hmm. where you start with like two squats and then you do five right. and then you do ten and you go up. So they take five minutes a day mm-hmm. and just do that with their class. Right. And it becomes this fun thing that they all do together. Yeah, um, but cool. it's a good way to sneak in a few minutes of activity. So if there are any teachers listening, look up those challenges. Even like when you talk about, so we talked about adolescence and the youth and then into high school Tara and I talk a lot about you know college athletes and mm-hmm. you know you being a college coach as well what do you think that when you see a college athlete come in what are they lacking I mean college athletes it's really really dependent on what type of high school they went to mm-hmm. so you'll get some freshmen in high school that have never lifted a weight ever mm-hmm. and some that you know see a trainer three times a week and they're perfectly ready to go right um you know we experienced it with our team this year Mm -hmm. just starting lifting with our strength and strength and conditioning coaches some were prepared some were not but once you're at that age i mean you're 18 19 years old some are 17 um you know your body is more equipped you've developed so at that age you're more ready to start some sort of resistance training program but touching on the nutrition side college athletes have the worst nutrition. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the, the Division three level. Right. Even Division two, I played Division two basketball. We had horrible eating right. habits. Well, I think that when you go to the cafeteria and it's an all-you-can-eat right. buffet, right. then you mm-hmm. think that you could right. just eat everything it's, and there's no consequences. But it, it isn't even the cafeteria. Most schools now have like a Starbucks on campus or a Dunkin' right. Donuts on campus where they or accept the their... Night. Late, yes. they accept their meal plan so they're going instead of going mm-hmm. to lunch they're going to one of those places and getting like a frappuccino right or mm-hmm. they're going to like we've had players that love late night it's called yep. and and mm-hmm. it's they from nine to like midnight and they're like and eating pizza and mozzarella sticks right and, but we did too yeah and, and right. we could now we look back like right. if we could tell our younger self mm-hmm. something i would right. be like keep exercising because it's good for you mm-hmm. It'll, it's gonna catch up yeah. to you one day <laughs> but the biggest thing is just just knowledge in general and the coaches have to have knowledge they need to pass that knowledge along to their student athletes, but it's a major transition going from your parents cooking to your cooking your meals mm-hmm. and packing lunches or whatever, to going to college where you have absolute free reign. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking about student athletes, you know budgets are are not the highest, so we're on the road traveling. We might have to be limited to ordering pizza and subs and mm-hmm. things like that. But I always say it's like the hidden key. All you have to do is turn the key. If you learn about nutrition. In college, you can give yourself, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a competitive edge because right. you're fueling your body more appropriately. You know, you're reducing your chance of illness mm-hmm. and things like that. And in terms of prepping for the the physical side of it, the agility side, the strength mm-hmm. side, if if there are high school athletes that know that they are interested in playing at the college level, 
your advice would be to start early. Mm-hmm. That was what I'm like, getting, right? Yeah. yeah, go somewhere that you're going to learn how to yeah. properly exactly. train. I Even if your school doesn't. Right. I would absolutely recommend going to see a personal trainer of some sort. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of places are, you know, they're, they're pretty pricey mm-hmm. for training such as that. But most gyms, majority, I don't know a gym that doesn't have this, but if you get a group of people and go to the gym for group training, mm-hmm. it's far less expensive mm-hmm. than individual one-on-one training. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Right, to promote that. Well, thank you so much for coming into our studio. Our studio. (laughs) I have have one question because we talked about it and I can't even remember the episode number it was, but I just want to get your thoughts real quick on this. The strength shoe. Does it work or does it? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It works in breaking ankles. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, rolling ankles. We just wanted to throw that out there because we all we've all tried it. And and the trampoline. And the trampoline. Yes. Trampoline does work. But there are a lot of injuries on the trampoline. That's true. Yes. If you if you safely use a trampoline, you could develop a lot of stability, a lot of core strength. You know, maybe reduce your risk of ankle injuries, things like that. But we're giving a big X to the strength shoe. We're giving a big X. (laughs) Nice. I do specifically remember we'd have our hands on our knees running sprints and stuff in college. Mm -hmm. And my college coach would say, our coach used to make us wear weighted shoes (laughs) with the big platform on the bottom. She's like, you guys have it so good. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that's why I knew about the strength Okay. If anyone is interested in finding out more information or they have any questions, like, you know, where can they reach you at? My personal email address, lh3118 at gmail.com. Um, any questions, nutrition, training, anything like that. Nice. Um, even if it's just, where should I send my kid for training? Right. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people in the area that, you know, the good ones, mm-hmm. the not so good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've so. been encouraging everybody that's listening <clears throat> to reach out to us if they have questions or if they, that we're here to help. And, and mm-hmm. we, we want to get as much, as many resources out to these parents and to these young women and athletes that, that we can. So okay. we appreciate you coming in the studio today and talking us through nutrition and exercise. And Yes. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Soul Sisters podcast. You could hit us up on the web at soulsisterspodcast.com or find us on your favorite social media platform at Soul Sis Pod. Till next time, we're not perfect, but nobody is.